0: Oh wow, the temperature rose by one degree. It was plus six, now it's plus seven, according to a big, 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 big temperature measure slash clock on this green round building, which is our destination, which is a DOA. And that's an acronym for one of the biggest shelters. I think the second biggest shelters in the Netherlands. And I do know that these guys have dogs, cats and rabbits.
1: This is an epic building.
0: Yeah, so now we're headed to meet one of the ladies and see what the guys here are doing. Oh, we go. Big door. Open sesame. Details open. Wow.
1: You think we should... Maybe stop and introduce ourselves? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't it clear? They might be wondering, like, who are these people? What is this podcast? Okay,
0: okay, okay, if I am forced. You must be wondering who we are, what Doc Storian is, and how this all started. I know I am. Well, obviously, this is a podcast, and it does have hosts. Wait, who? What? Yeah, so I'm Justina from Lithuania, three years in Germany now. <laughs> getting completely bored and not sure what to do with life. So that was me. And you'll be hearing many more awkwardly phrased questions throughout the season.
1: Promises, promises.
0: As I was telling our first interviewee, our friend Dan Dangler, Brian is the second half of Doctorian.
1: Uh, That's me. That's me, right? That Brian? Not another
0: Brian? Oh, I don't know, you're a doppelganger or something.
1: Uh, Just one clarification. I'm the second half. I'm not the first half.
0: Well... I'll
1: roll with it. So, Justina was getting bored, but not without reason. Just after we kicked off Dog and with our big Amsterdam trip, the COVID pandemic shut everything down. Now, we had already been planning to get a dog for a long time, well, forever. But the isolation of lockdown, I think, you know, made it that much more important.
0: But we didn't go straight to the shelter or to a dog breeder. I guess both being a bit of nerds, we decided that we will try a different approach and We looked for scientists with whom we could talk. We tried to talk to dog trainers.
1: And, yeah, and friends that are more experienced with animals. And by the way, we're still nerds. Yeah, I mean, I think we just, we wanted to be prepared in as much as you can generally prepare for a specific dog. Every dog is different.
0: Exactly. And during that preparation, we collected a bunch of stories. And some of them are really funny. Some of them are more scientific. Some of them are just crazy.
1: Yeah, not just about dogs.
0: Many related species which was maybe unexpected for us as well, because we started looking into how dogs came to be dogs, which led us to... Wolves. Jackals.
1: All kinds of canids.
0: Yeah, and they're humans, of course. Yeah,
1: well, in the domesticated ones, anyway. So when Justina said she wanted to find great dog stories, I immediately thought of my friend Dan, who is one of the most consistently dog-crazy people I've ever known, or just plain crazy, but particularly dog-crazy. But I, you know, I don't expect you to. I'm not. <laughs> Let's
0: just let them judge for themselves.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, don't take my word for it. Just have a listen. Can you tell, Justina? The it's a brief story, but <clears throat> if you remember, everybody teaches their dog tricks. It seems like like to show off the tricks. But you had an especially unique trick, which I've never seen anyone else repeat with Maggie. Do you remember <laughs> what the <that> trick was? Because <laughs> if you do, if you claim not to remember, I have pictures to prove it. So I would drink
2: a glass of milk and then turn over it and she would drink the milk out of my mouth
0: <laughs> wow like you would still keep it in the mouth or you would I try would to keep spit it like a fountain
2: in, 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 no no i wouldn't spit it i would just leave it in my mouth kind of like a <laughs> little, little small ball He would lay in the middle
1: of the kitchen floor with his mouth open and I would come over and laugh. And yeah, look, look. Why didn't I have video in these days? I could have made a million dollars. America's funniest old videos. <laughs> I don't know how you didn't laugh. You never you never stopped uh, laughing. I don't know how you managed it for those two minutes. I, I don't
2: for know. two minutes.
1: I don't know. Not to mention breathing through your nose. <laughs> exactly. It was exactly. quite impressive.
0: That must have yeah, included some, some thorough technique. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, you, know, you gotta because their tongue when they they drink they back oh the tongue God. curls backwards. So you got to give them enough room to get it. So you got to really open it long.
1: The fact that you conceived of this drink in the first place, I don't know what people are gonna think of you, Dan.
2: I I conceived <laughs> it of when I was a kid because I used to do it with Hogan, too. So. All right, so so it runs in the dog history. Oh totally, <laughs> totally. Totally. Uh, any day I'm gonna wake up and a tail will be grown <laughs> up with no, <laughs> no boundaries. No boundaries. Oh yeah, you don't have boundaries with dogs. <laughs> I remember correctly that you have a daughter, right? I do have a daughter.
0: Yes. So so did you also pass down the love of dogs and the tricks maybe?
2: <laughs> yeah, so that's another good question. Interestingly enough, she loves she loves Charlie, but she's not a she's not a to a dog she's not like you uh justina, in that you know you'll do anything for a dog she's she loves dogs but she if you know one is i hate dogs and ten is like us uh, <laughs> she, she's probably at seven you know like really loves that's charlie but good. she doesn't hang all over she would never let charlie drink out of her mouth but you know well that's i a think tense. a lot of dog Most lovers would do.
0: also <laughs> debate
2: I, I bet you justina would uh, if, 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 i would be afraid to choke but i would definitely try <laughs> you would try
1: it see that's all that
2: matters so you're a 10 oh
1: so. <laughs> this is definitely a 10 if not an 11
2: if there's an 11 here it is <laughs> or even hold a piece of food in your mouth and let them oh, yes. oh yeah oh that oh, that's <laughs> casual come on
1: even i do yeah that. we all do that
2: okay <laughs> okay all right good
1: There you go. You get the idea.
2: (laughs) About
0: Dan and about us, too.
1: Yes, and people who are friends with Dan. I, I don't know. The truth is that Dan has not only been one of my best friends for 35 years now, his dogs were always such a huge part of my life, which was very fortunate for me because I wasn't in a place where I could have a dog. I didn't think. My life wasn't that settled, and we were you know, getting together every week, and I just got to see them grow up to puppies to the end of their lives, and then the next dog, and count myself very fortunate. I don't think that qualified me in any way to actually have a dog or train a dog, but it was still a lot of fun.
0: Well, in the end, throughout the forced isolation of 2020, we managed to have a few interviews in person, but most of them took place online.
1: Yeah, by necessity, obviously. So we do apologize that the sound is not Ideal, because we couldn't have people together in the same room on good microphones.
0: But we did our best. And
1: and it's been a great learning experience.
0: So now we'll continue where we left off, at the door of the Amsterdam's dog shelter. Hello. Uh, my name is Justina, and uh, I have a meeting at one with Mayori. Okay, yeah, perfect. I will call for you. Thank you. Thank you. We're a bit early, so we can wait as well. <laughs> thank you.
1: This is my favorite part. Instead of a vending machine for Coca-Cola and other bottle drinks, it's a a vending machine for dog toys. Not only toys, for snacks as well. (laughs) This is fantastic.
0: Yeah, it does have a very good feeling here. Hello. 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 My name is Justina. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice Nice to meet you. you. This is my my partner in crime. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hello. What
3: I is your know. name? A bit late with my lunch. I'm no worries.
0: Oh,
1: We're nice. very oh, relaxed. Oh my goodness, you're so beautiful. My brother has Dutch shepherds. Do you know yeah. them? Yeah. I don't know if they're from the Netherlands. Is yeah. We call it? Yeah, are they? Yeah,
2: it's a yeah. shepherd. Okay.
3: Hello. It's, uh, it's Hello. Nice. But shorter, Hello. a little
1: shorter Hello. hair than this. And uh, more. Oh more <laughs>
3: you have the short hair. Yeah.
1: Yeah, very gray. And yeah, uh, a little, little uh, bigger.
3: Grown, uh, yeah, yeah, we call it brindle. Hey, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: okay. So
0: what's the name of this beauty?
1: Tracy. Tracy, oh, hello Tracy. Nice yeah. to meet you, gorgeous.
0: Tracy.
1: Yes, you are <laughs> gorgeous.
0: This is more or less my dream office, how <laughs> it should look like. <laughs> there is a dog, you have room for everything. Well, <laughs> I will move to a, a little bit bigger office. Uh-huh.
3: Uh, first floor, because that is, for me, uh, better. It's mm-hmm. more quieter mm-hmm. because there are kennels everywhere uh, around there and I do also behavioural therapy. Mm-hmm. And if I have a fearful dog here, then it's well. very difficult to have uh, a good uh, meeting because she always reacts on everything. So could you maybe just introduce yourself and yeah, tell of us of about course. <laughs> yourself in well, um, the shelter? My name is Marjorie. I work in shelters from 1997 and I became trainer first when I started to work in shelters because I wanted to know more about dogs so that I can help them rehome. That was not enough so I started to become a behaviorist and since 2012 I am a licensed and certified behaviorist. I also do behavioral testing for dogs that are Showing a lot of aggressive behavior or fearful behavior to see what their profile is, what can be done about it, if the right owner is with the right dog or not. Mm -hmm. And I also started to test uh, shelter dogs for their profiles so that we can find the right homes for them. My colleagues started to test them and make their profiles two years ago. Mm -hmm. So they do the more easy dogs and I do the more problem dogs with more fearful or more excitement or more aggressive behavior.
0: So you laid your path for yourself here in the Netherlands? Yes.
3: I'm trained an animal caretaker. I went to school. It's a professional uh, training school for three years to become a caretaker for dogs, cows, sheep, goats, Mm -hmm. chicken, everything. And then I started to work with uh, rabbits and rodents, and I wanted to work in a shelter, but it's... Not very easy to fit in because shelters are volunteers, not much money. And in 1997, I managed to uh, find a job not far away from here. In 2003, I moved to this organization. I am full-time at work here and I do only jobs with behavior of dogs. Training people, training volunteers, training trainers uh, with uh, uh, high-risk dogs. Etc. Etc. Etc.
1: So, are, are you an administrator here as well, or you, you just deal with behavioral?
3: I deal with behavioral topics of dogs, of shelter dogs, but also boarding dogs who are in boarding or in doggy daycare, or just anyone can knock on the door and say, I have a problem with my dog. Can you help me? Or I want to train my dog. Can you help me? And then, if I can find the right trainer for them. She show them around, otherwise I'll do it myself.
1: How um, proactive do you find that people are coming to you in the beginning, before they are thinking of Oh, way too late. It's reactive, once the problems yeah. arise.
3: And often when the problems are already settled in. So it's not, oh my dog bit yesterday for the first sorry, uh, time and I'm shocked, mm-hmm. no, for the last three years he has been biting and now I can't handle it anymore.
0: I think this is just the area where everybody feels that we know everything about them because the dogs especially, these are the pets which are always around us. Do we have one or not? We know someone who owns one and we kind of feel that we are the experts, but honestly, even though I was so interested always, just recently I found out about the term even socialization window. Yep. When is that? What 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 are the weeks, the most sensitive weeks and how much effect that has? On the puppy it has it's crazy so much effect
3: and even uh, it, it, the socialization period goes to about 12 weeks there are breeds that window closes before the 12th week mm-hmm. there are some breeds that closes after 12 weeks but 12 weeks is the final stage then you get a fearful period from uh, 12 weeks till pff, about 30 something like that mm-hmm. So, everything new and, and strange and sudden is, 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 is scary. And then you have to help your dog with that. And then he is in puberty. And then you have to help your dog with that. And then, etc., etc., etc.
0: Yeah, this is just like kids, just like teenagers. You uh, do need yeah. to react specifically for each period. And you do need to have the knowledge about it.
1: Except the teenagers maybe have some chance of telling you what's wrong, <laughs> how they feel as the dogs, and they don't.
3: No, the dog can't tell you. In words, they can only show you in body language and in behavior. Everyone thinks the world about their dog, but they fail to see the needs the dogs have. Everyone says, well, my dog should play with other dogs, but forget that their dog doesn't like other dogs. Uh, my dog should say hi to everyone that comes in, uh, into my house and is cheerful and happy and can send back to his crate or or, a couch or whatever Uh, and then he should do nothing because i have visitors but that doesn't work a lot of dogs are never shown how they are supposed to behave they're only told this is not what you should do no 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 but what they should do they don't know so it's it's always a conflict in upbringing, training, uh,
0: medical uh, issues, and everyone is a specialist. So what do you think has the biggest impact on the dog's behaviour? Let's say, if we would take genes, if we would take the initial weeks, if we would take the owner's it's consistent behaviour? It's a combination,
3: because you have a certain type of dog with a certain type of genetics, And that means that certain behaviors are more prone to show than others. Whatever happened in mom during labor, after labor, the first couple of weeks, then the socialization with the new owners, uh, how old they are when they go to the new owners, and the first two and a half years has all uh, effect on the behavior when they are older.
0: I would say maybe we could even go earlier and go to the pregnancy of the mother,
3: Uh, It's it's, it's sometimes uh, really important how they are being kept. If it's a fearful dog, it's about an 80% chance that you have pups in the litter that are also more fearful than others. Mm -hmm. If it's a stressful dog, then you know that almost every dog has more stress or can't cope with all the stimuli they have during life and and, and during a day. So you have to find the right owners for that dog, with that breed, with that
0: medical history. Yeah, exactly. I read this uh, real beautiful comparison recently about the puppies who are in in their mom's belly and babies in women's body, Mm -hmm. Uh, that people, they do hear the voices and they start recognizing the voices way earlier than they are born. And that's how I identify the mom. And for the puppies, they do start to smell.
3: Well, as long as they are um, in the bitch... Then they can't smell, but they are affected by uh, all the cortisol and all the stress and all the fearful uh, things. And if it's not uh, a healthy uh, environment, they will uh, be bothered by it because the bitch is bothered. Everything is is connected in the uterus. So if it's in the blood of the bitch, it's in the blood of the uh, the pup. So that is a really important issue. And a lot of people uh, do forget that.
0: And uh, speaking about breeds, do you notice any change in behavior recently with people? Let's say, I personally notice that people maybe are a bit more aware that the breed might not be so important. And when they are going to choose a puppy, there is a little bit more awareness that I do need a companion and not just a beautiful toy.
3: Well, not really. There are, there are a lot of people that are in, in, in need of a dog that are going for the tough look. So the the Steffies, the American Bullies, American Bulldogs. Then you have the people that want to rescue a dog. They rescue dogs from Southern Europe, Eastern Europe, Russia. And those dogs are really in need of being rescued. And then they come in in Holland or Germany or England. And the dogs can't cope with life in those uh, busy uh, areas.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So how do these dogs come let's say, the Netherlands? From foundations. From from foundations? A lot of foundations. I think there are more uh, than
3: 50 or 60 foundations alone here in in, in Holland, Mm -hmm. and some of them also work in in, in Germany, Belgium, England, France. They import dogs from Romania, Bulgaria, Hungary, uh, Russia, France, Portugal, Greece, Turkey, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Egypt. And a lot of tourists take a dog home as a a remembrance of their holiday. Seriously? Yeah.
1: It doesn't sound like a well-planned decision.
3: Uh, No, it's not a well-planned decision and it's not uh, a good idea for the dog. If you are used to a certain way of living, like a small village in Romania, and your new home is in a big city like Frankfurt or Amsterdam, you can't cope. we don't have really stray dogs like you have in in, in certain... uh, Every dog in Holland has an owner. So if you find one and you can't bring it back to the owner, then it's a dump. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have a lot of found dogs and we can bring them back to to the owners. And sometimes we have dogs that are chipped but not registered. Or when you call the number on the registration form, Uh, they have sold it through the internet or rehomed it or whatever.
0: Is this a new system in the Netherlands? Registration or how long is this running? Uh, The chip is since
3: 2000. Uh, The registration is mandatory and it's more something that they will focus on now, but you don't see any a police officer uh, with uh, a chip reader and say,
0: scan the QR
3: code "Mm, on the tail. Your dog is not uh, chipped, so you have to go to a vet and let it chip, and you have to register it. Oh, you have a chip, but it's not registered? Well, you have to go uh, and register. No,
0: it's not done. So the chip contains all the information that's possible about the dog. Vaccination, I presume? No,
3: it's only the, the name of the dog, date of birth, the owner's name, and uh, address and phone numbers and email address.
0: How many dogs do you get per day in the shelter? Oh, that's
3: very, very, very different. There are days that we don't get any dogs, and there are days that we have four or five dogs.
0: Any tendencies, time of the year? Yeah, of course.
3: In January till April, we tend to have more requests for taking uh, dogs in, uh, that people bring them, pay them and leave them so that we can find a new home. During those days, there will also be more found dogs that we can't uh, bring back to the owners. And during the holidays, just after the holidays, uh, the young dogs will be brought to us because they forget that they can't have a young dog in the house because they're both working and children go to school. And uh, it was fun, but no way.
1: Since you're trained as an animal behaviorist, is any of the education devoted to talking about human behavior and how we respond to pets? And Because we seem to become pretty irrational <laughs> oh, yeah, <we> are. <laughs> about animals, which is we are. both good and bad and we yeah. would love them to death, but uh, also uh, don't make super smart decisions.
3: No, I may be called an animal behaviorist or a dog behaviorist, but I have to educate the owners and I have to train the owners so they can train and help their dog. I don't train them and give them back to the owner and say, he's fixed. No way. Owners have to do it themselves, and I will help them, and I can guide them, and I can show them the way, but they have to do it. A dog can be perfect with me, but with someone else, he can do a lot of unwanted behaviors, because my way of treating him and guiding him is completely different than from someone else. So, an owner should do the training under my
0: eyes. Absolutely. And what is more common, to do it one-on-one or in groups? I do one-on-one because um, I don't
3: have the time for a dog school. I work in the shelter and I have a lot of dogs with unwanted behaviors. We do have at 2 o'clock a training starts here just uh, at the front area. For shelter dogs, but that's shelter dogs that are here in the shelter who are still looking for a new home. And we do just some small exercises just to get them more training, to get them more attention, uh, to bring them out in, uh, in the limelight so that people can see them. So I do give private training and I send them to certain dog schools which I know and know how they work and how they train they have to be a little bit comparable with my training otherwise it won't work
0: what is maybe the tendency now in the training because I do know that there are different schools which encourage more positive reinforcement I just have a notion that your school also is in this direction yeah possible uh, reinforcement but also
3: if you have a dog that doesn't know his boundaries you have to teach him the boundaries and if he knows the boundaries then you could say, "Hey, stop!" And then I want to this to to, show, uh, to have this behavior. It's a living and breathing uh, thing. She has learned boundaries, but that doesn't mean that uh, she won't react when someone is coming into my office suddenly. She is a Malinois, so she will bark. And then I will say, "Hey, come back!" Then oh yeah, it's her, oh yeah, I know that one, and then then greet her, but at first she will be a dog. I, yeah, I I can't change that into a robot. Nah, it's not so much fun. (laughs) No, 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 (laughs) I prefer a dog, I prefer a dog. I want to show people how a dog communicates so they can react in time on that communication so they have better behavior of their dog, understand their dogs better, and live a nicer
0: life together. What I noticed myself is once people really, really start understanding their own dogs or just the dogs around them, they also do much better with people. I don't know. Is it coincidental? Some
3: (laughs) some do do understand their behavior better because it's always uh, like a mirror. And a dog reacts very quick to the moods and the behavior of an owner. So if they understand the dog's body language, they will recognize the signals better, so they can cope better. And it's, it's so much fun to have a dog if you have the right time and if it's the right dog for you.
0: So how many dogs do you have now in the shelter? I'm not sure uh,
3: how much exactly, but we have shelter dogs, we have boarding dogs, we have doggy daycare dogs. So it's about, I think, 150, 160 in total.
0: So how much interaction do they have amongst themselves? Uh, the shelter dogs, uh, we uh, match with other
3: dogs, if they like it. If mm-hmm. not, they are on their own. The dog daycare dogs are more or less in three, four different groups. And we have a couple that are uh, soloists.
0: Because of being too... They don't like other dogs. Okay.
3: So then you don't put them in a, uh, in a field with other
0: dogs. More introverted.
3: Yeah, and and some are never taught uh, how to cope with other dogs. Some have bad experience with other dogs. Some are not socialized with other dogs properly. So you have to keep them apart and put them on a a playing field on their own. And shelter dogs are often on their own but with a friend on the playing fields, if possible. And if not, they're going on their own on the playing fields. So it all depends on the dogs.
0: You seem like a huge organization here. How many people approximately work here? About 38. Thirty-eight And volunteers or including uh, volunteers? About, oh, we have a
3: lot of volunteers. We have about uh, 300 volunteers. Wow. For uh, administrative things, uh, making pictures for the website of the animals, helping uh, taking care of the cats, the dogs. We have socializers for the cats. We have a couple of dog trainers, uh, so they can do the dog training on the Monday afternoon, a Wednesday afternoon and a Friday afternoon just for the shelter dogs. Mm-hmm. We have some volunteers for pairs and making things and technical uh, things. So, yeah, we have a lot of people. We, we need to have a lot of people because when we are uh, full, we have about 200 dogs, 350 cats and about 100 uh, rabbits. Why rabbits? Uh, Well, rabbits are often found somewhere where they are not supposed to be. If we are talking about dumping them, rabbits are often dumped with their cage. So we have to have somewhere where we can take care of them. So uh, we have a couple of kennels for them. We uh, do also rehoming of rabbits. How popular is that? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, We always uh, rehome couples or if someone already has a rabbit we give the opportunity to match them with a certain rabbit Mm -hmm. here so then they have a couple again in a new home do you notice
1: over your time as a behaviorist differences with behavioral patterns with purebred dogs versus getting further away from purebred and and mutts i mean in as much as you can know the dog's history and that sort of thing
3: in a shelter There are more non-pedigree dogs than pedigree dogs. It's always been the case. If you look at behavior in dogs, then we see less pedigree dogs with unwanted behavior than non-pedigree dogs uh, with unwanted behavior. A lot of the dogs at this moment that I see are high-risk dogs. The M. the savage bull terrier, bull Bull terriers, bullies in all mm-hmm. those uh, breeds and there are all non-pedigree dogs and a lot of dogs brought in from abroad old strays, puppies from the Mediterranean or Eastern Europe. Let's say 10 years ago we didn't have much of the high-risk dogs and we did not have much of uh, the foreign dogs. There are a lot of wrong breeded dogs So it's, and and, and a lot of people forget the original purpose of a dog. They see a dog and they want to cuddle. But if it's a guard dog or shepherd or a healer uh, type of dog, they forget that. And the original behavior will show now and then. And if you have a Rottweiler, he will guard his home, his garden, his people. And if you don't know how to help him with that or prevent him to do that, then he will show unwanted behavior.
0: Yeah, I think it's quite natural. They just have a little bit of encoded purpose, function, and they do need to exercise it. It's the Let's say even the kilometers that huskies need to run, because they do need to run for a certain amount. And if you will keep it locked in the flat 24-7, it won't do any good to neither, because then they just seem to project their energy on objects, on people, and it becomes an unwanted behavior. Yep. Uh, It's the
3: same. Everyone understands that a border collie has to work with sheep. But they forget that even if it's fifth generation of a show line and never uh, seen any sheep, never worked with sheep, he will start to hurt the children. And all the kids will have to go to bed at seven sharp. (laughs) Well, that doesn't sound too bad. (laughs) Don't do that. They will be nipped. In uh, in the lower
1: legs and ankles, <laughs> or in other body parts. What? You remember the other story Dan told about <laughs> his childhood dog, Hogan, the Border Collie mix.
2: Hogan was annoying actually because you'd ride your bike and she she had Border Collie. She would be biting the front tire all the time, hurting. Yes, hurting. She was always hurting. You went tobogganing, she'd be biting the front of the toboggan, or once she often would. We'd play football and she'd run around in circles around the quarterback, biting into the air. And once she bit my friend's butt and broke skin. Wow. Uh, yeah, told his parents that became a big deal, you know.
3: Everyone understands that.
2: <laughs> but if a Rottweiler
3: or a Kane Kors or a Père de Présa or any other guard dog guards, then everything is, 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 is everyone's going haywire. That is their breed. And if an American Staffordshire Terrier fights with another dog, oh, it's the wrong dog. No, that is his breed. That's in his genetics. You can't delete that. It's not a computer. It's not a robot. So you have to deal with it. And no, an American Staffordshire Terrier, you can't let him off-leash after the age of two, two and a half, because the chance that he will start to fight with another dog is very big. And he will not show the normal signs of aggressive behavior. Because it's not a ritualized behavior. It's predatory behavior. And with a prey, you don't start to communicate. So it's a different type of communication. And then it's suddenly, oh, he's, he's, he's wrong. He has a brain tumor or whatever. No, it's just in his genetics. And you have to deal with it. Trace, It's good. It's good.
1: I recognize that Dutch that, that, that shepherd kind of yeah. shepherd bark, you know. Yeah. Very loud.
3: Hey, someone is going past my door. Yeah. <laughs> I'll <Sorry>. protect you. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll lick them to death.
3: Well, well, unfortunately, she has teeth and she will use them if there's a dog that's coming into this office. Unless it's one of her friends, but otherwise, uh, she will
1: say, Oh, uh, mine. In a perfect world, I mean, how would you advise people to best prepare to educate themselves about how to work with a dog, how to pick a breed, all of these things to avoid the kinds of problems that are so common?
3: Well, it's something that I do as well, and people can come uh, to me make an appointment so that we can sit down and see what do they want in a dog and what can they give a dog. Do you want to do a lot of brushing or do you want to do a lot of running with your dog or do you want to uh, do long distance walking or just three turns around the park a day and that's it. So if you can get that clear with people, then you can steer them to some type of breeds just to give them an inclination of what they should look at. And then I always send them to dog shows, go and take a look there, start to talk with people... Feel it, see it, experience the dogs and reading and internet is fun. But first of all, you have to know what fits you.
1: So the dog shows give them a chance to be exposed to many different breeds in one place.
3: Yeah. yeah. First of all, I would tell people, go to a dog show so that you can meet a lot of different type of dogs. And then you see their temperament, then you experience the temperament mm-hmm. and then you can say, okay... This is a type of dog that I like. These are the sports that you can do with them if you're interested. This is the way they used to be used for hunting or herding or guarding. Then they can see, hmm, I like the dog, but I don't like this behavior, or I don't want to hunt, or uh, I don't want a dog that starts to hunt uh, on themselves. So it's, it's a way
0: to start. Yeah, and in the Netherlands, uh, I think you have quite a couple of local breeds. Stabighoen? We have about ten different
3: Dutch breeds. Mm -hmm. You have the Shepherd, the short hair, the long hair and the rough hair. It's just one breed but different uh, hairs. Then you have the Mm Koikehoentje. That's the dog that used to be working in a, a duck pen. To uh, lure the ducks in, so that uh, the Koiker can ring uh, the the wild ducks. Then you have the stubby hound uh, that's used in Friesland uh, as a guarding dog, but also a dog that hunts down the ra- the rats and the rabbits. Uh, then you have the Wetterhound, hound. It's also a hunting dog and mice and rats uh, and uh, destroying dog. Then we have Drense Betreizhond. That's the Dutch Pointer dog, in English, it's a hunting dog, but uh, not only for retrieving, but also in pointing. Then we have, uh, let me see, um...
2: Oh, I should know them all.
1: Have you seen DNA testing play any role in recent years in... Uh, finding out the dog's lineage. I always advise
3: them. I, I did them uh, with my dog as well. Really? Because I don't ha- I don't know her parents, and she's too small for a real Malinois. Mm-hmm. So I did a DNA test, and I did them twice because I did not believe uh, the results. Her parents are a German Shepherd and a Tafurin Shepherd. A tefuran Shepherd is the long-haired brown Belgian Shepherd. And there are some other breeds found as well. The Irish Wolf Hunt, uh, especially, and the Beagle. So that is not very common. But I can at least say, hey, I have an Irish Wolf Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> but if I uh, have a people with problem dogs from abroad... I always advise them to do a DNA test to see if we can sometimes find the origin of the behavior because a lot of behavior is a hunting and a guarding. If I see the list of dogs that are found in the DNA, then I sometimes I can make it more clear to the owners that certain do- uh, types of behavior are classified to that breed, so it's genetics, mm-hmm. and it's not something that we can change with a pill or mm-hmm.
0: five minutes of training. Well, maybe one day we'll be able to change it with CRISPR. You heard about that? No, about I the don't. the gene editing technology, basically, which is targeting designer whatever yeah. creation. And there is a documentary on Netflix where one person, I think from United States, is breeding dogs, modifying their DNA. Yeah, well, I think his purpose was only to make them glow. But, excuse me? Yes, to make them glow Glow? in the dark.
1: Phosphorescent.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Yes. uh, (laughs) Okay. That was my reaction. I prefer
3: a dog to be a dog. (laughs) And I prefer to modify behavior by training (laughs) or by breeding and giving the dogs the best circumstance for them to live in. So you don't breed with a, a, a bitch in a stressful situation because then I know the pups will be stressful as, uh, as well. Uh, you don't breed with defective dogs. Hi! Hi! Come on in! Come on, 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 come on! Oh, what are you doing? Yeah, come on, come on!
0: Hello. Hi. Sorry, our <laughs> stuff are in the way a bit.
3: These two ladies are the, the ladies who give the training. Um, okay, come on, <laughs> Sorry, we have to uh, an interruption. Siltes,
0: well, I We're is, interrupting.
3: No, this, this is my normal day. I was just curious.
1: I see you have a video camera yeah. on your desk. Do you use it for yourself or to show the owners? No, I or?
3: film it, uh, the behavior of dogs so that I can uh, look back and sometimes mm-hmm. they use it to show owners what's going on and happening mm-hmm. so that they uh... start to learn to look at uh, the behavior and they recognize uh... stress signals or uh, fixation or things like that mm-hmm. but i don't feel myself i film the dogs
0: yeah. well, that's, that's the better. main subject that's <laughs>
3: better. so what, what, what's about to happen uh, these two ladies will start oh, wow. to uh... to train uh, shelter dogs mm-hmm. we have a group of Five, four, how many dogs do you train to uh, first? Five. For? Five dogs? Yeah. Oh yeah, five, yeah. We, we start with five shelter dogs with volunteers. Mm-hmm. This is the f- third, fourth lesson of a group of uh, seven practical lessons. Seven. Okay. And it's just to teach the volunteers uh, better understanding uh, of the dogs in, in, in they, they have in their hand, but also uh, teach the dogs Better behaviour skills so that we can rehome them uh, quicker. And uh, from this group or the other group later today, uh, a dog has been rehomed, uh, and then the new owner uh, get a chance to do the training in the group as well. The
0: dog stays here? Or yes, yeah?
2: she stays here.
0: Well, this is the perfect example of training. Sad puppy the eyes, but <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> we can uh, keep a little bit dry uh, over here.
1: Oh, you're doing it right here.
3: <clears throat> uh, we have several um, uh, yellow cones. Those are the the spots where the volunteer is standing with a uh, sh- uh, shelter dog. Uh, normally there is also uh, a bit of towel or a blanket, so that we can teach them the exercise mm-hmm. uh, place. An yeah. And the blue cones uh, we use for just walking around it, so that they have a walk from the yellow cone to the blue cone and back. Just mm-hmm. to teach them to walk on a, uh, a loose lead and walk with attention uh, mm-hmm. to the volunteer.
0: Well, I think it's also quite challenging already because it's a couple of them. It's not a single yeah. dog, and yeah.
3: that's
0: and do another that part on of purpose, training.
3: Because we want to to teach them to f- keep focusing on their handler, even when there, there's something going on. Mm-hmm. And because we are open, there are a lot of people walking to and from the shelter. So it's 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 a challenge for some dogs, but it's a good challenge. It's all about Uh, getting attention from the dog, keeping attention uh, from the dog, uh, to the handler. And it's uh, the the, the simple sit and it's simple down and it's walking on the loose lead and we also do a touch or a twist just to to make it more fun. But all in uh, training general skills which they can use in a new home. Mm -hmm. Some volunteers are really enthusiastic, Mm -hmm. but find it difficult to focus and to look past uh, the fact that it's a cute dog. Mm -hmm. And um, you always have to be on uh, on your toes, really alert so that we can keep it uh, safe and, uh, for the dogs, but also for the handlers and for uh, for
0: anyone that is passing. Uh. Yeah, that is a really challenging environment because there's a huge yeah. street in front and there's so many cars passing and so many people just coming through this main entrance plus yeah. not a single dog. Do you, I would do say it's an advanced exercise. Do
3: you, do
1: you set it up here for that reason, because there are distractions or is it just what you have available?
3: It's the best place we have available. But I also want, oh, we also wanted to bring the dogs under the attention of our visitors. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is an advanced uh, course. It's not a puppy course. Uh, it's all adult dogs at this moment. Sometimes we do have um, a pups, but. Jongens, als het te slecht weer is, want de wind wordt alleen maar erger, dan is het helaas, dan moeten we, kunnen we niet doorgaan. Ik heb niet in de gaten gehad dat het zo slecht weer werd. er is heel goed, want de wind is picking up. En deze morgen, with just rain there was er geen no probleem. Maar omdat de wind is opgepakt, en het is echt stormig, we gaan naar de cafeteria or at least there's no one else, so they will start to train there. Inside. Just yeah, okay. inside, because at this moment with the winds, yeah, it's, it's, too, getting really it's crazy. too much, it's too much. So we have to stop. And if it's just raining, that's no problem. But do you hear the noise of the Absolutely. Wind? So we have to uh, deal with that. So we move the training. Uh, and that's life in, in Holland. <laughs>
0: So I noticed that you also have therapy rooms here. Yes, yes. hydrotherapy yeah. and yes. some uh, other from therapy.
3: Uh, a couple of uh, uh, dog fisher ther- uh, therapists, they uh, hire or rent uh, the location mm-hmm. and uh, for after operations and, 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 and things like that. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, our own veterinarians for our shelter dogs, but also for the, the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was standing in front of uh, the grooming uh, section. There are also groomers that hire the space or rent the space for the grooming and they also do then some of the shelter dogs.
0: It's oh, a nice exchange. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, just a simple question I meant to ask earlier. Do you guys receive any public funding or is it this, you, the services you charge for that keeps you in business? How do you fund the whole operation?
3: Well. We have a deal with with the local government. Mm -hmm. We have to take in all the strays. For the first uh, first 14 days, Mm -hmm. uh, we get funding, but not complete funding, but say 10 euros uh, per cat and and, and 12 euros for a dog. And after the 14 days, when the owner has not picked them up, and when they pick them up, they have to pay us. Mm -hmm. We are licensed to rehome them, and you have to give us some. Uh, money for it so we uh, get by but we have a lot of donations and some people put us in their last will and testament and we have a lot of donations of companies or there are a couple of tennis um, uh, clubs that donate their old tennis balls and we have some pet stores who will donate their food that they can't sell but is still perfectly in order. Uh, we have people that bring their uh, food that their dogs are not allowed to t- to take anymore or when they passed away, then we... Mm-hmm. C- well, that's the way we get by. And if we have uh, dogs or cats that need an operation, then we have uh, always a fundraiser by Facebook. Uh, then um, if the trainings are... Uh, I mentioned on our Facebook page from last week because if we can get funding for this, I can pay the volunteer trainers for the traveling expenses. That way I can get more trainers and get more dog trainers
0: working here. Well, you seem like the heart of the whole institution. (laughs) I am so pleased to have met you. Thank this you. Is really Thank you for yeah, thank and you so I, much. I, I am so impressed by the but efforts I, I and can't, such I a can't huge do it without team.
3: my colleagues. I mean, the caretakers are also working very hard. We have uh, people in, in, in the offices that are doing uh, all the paperwork for the Docky Daycare for the pet and breakfast, but also, uh, yeah, pet That's and breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's, it's, it's uh, one organization uh, that is working very hard to get
0: everything done for the animals. Well, I hope we'll be able at least <laughs> to help in a little way, give you at least some attention that we can from our side. We hope so. It's really
3: good yeah, cause. I really appreciate it.
1: It was amazing. I wish we could stay all afternoon.
0: So here it is. That was our first live interview. And we wouldn't get to do another one for a few months. As we went straight into lockdown.
1: Yeah, which was fine as, you know, we still had plenty of questions to be debated with our friends.
0: And I was wondering myself what an animal would have to do that I would really get mad. Does anything come to your mind in particular, some incident with your dogs?
2: Yeah, the only incident was with Charlie. Um, Charlie has this little dark side that we call Cujo. And Cujo was a dog, a, a program... A movie by Stephen King where this Saint Bernard gets infected with something. And so Charlie will like, she wasn't, she won't bite, but just will turn into this like, and I can even like forever. And she will get like a food off of, off the sidewalk or something. And she will not let go of it. And you will just like hear, ah, ah, and she's not biting, but she just bites down. And one day she took my hot dogs. Um, somehow they were in the car, I set it down, and I was so mad, like, oh, I was looking forward to those hot dogs. So that was the only time I remember getting angry.
0: Yeah, and actually learn many, many things about ourselves throughout this journey. I'm not very eager to admit it, but I do judge people by their love to dogs. I don't know, for me, it's something instant. <laughs> I just cannot trust a person if he says that I don't like dogs. I, you know, hate everything about it. It's, it's stupid and we should love people. Of course we should love people. Like there's no yes. question about
2: that. Yes. I, I am with you the same. That That's my, my number one criterion dating, by the way. Absolutely. So they got to love, love dogs. I dated a woman last year, a year and a half ago, and she was like, I think she even closed the door at night and left Charlie out here. She didn't tell me that, but that was like, no. she was not a dog lover. I thought, all right, this is not going to make it. So uh, deal breaker. Deal, it's a deal breaker. Totally. Totally. Clearly. Well,
0: That's, we don't have a problem here. So,
1: yeah. It won't be a problem.
0: <laughs> it's just going to be a problem when there's going to be too many.
1: This raises a question, <laughs> which we were debating ourselves this morning, which is, in your house, where does the dog sleep? Oh, in the
2: bed. No question about that. Of
1: this is a silly question. that's what you're saying. Yeah, it, it is a silly question. Wait, did this include Maggie, who was quite a large golden retriever?
2: Yeah. Well, also uh, North, who was a Berne- hundred and thirty pound Bernice Mountain Dog. Oh he slept that in the was, bed. He slept across our legs, and oh. that was oh Emery God. hated. Emery hated that she. He's dog person. Now we know why you did, got like, divorced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That um, dog is no, huge. She was, she was, yeah, he was huge. It was annoying, but he got hot. A lot, so he wouldn't stay long. Mm-hmm. And you knew that was going to happen. So you're like, okay, he'll get down. So, um, But I was often like, come on, let him up. It's okay. It's fine. And he was, yeah, you know how they are, just spread out. They're like, okay, move over, would you, human? But yeah, I don't know what it is uh, about what creates this bond that some get and some don't. Um, again, I think for me, it was just about the emotional connection that the dog gave me. Um, you know what? I I think a word that's really important in my brain, in my life is acceptance, self-acceptance and acceptance of others. And that's what dogs give you. You know, you, you could be in a bad mood, a great mood. They just are there. They'll just look at you like, yeah, I'm here. Um, and so I think the bond is about acceptance. You know, they represent that in a way that we just can't get from human beings. Um, so it is clearly a gift from the universe of so this, this creature, non-human creature, to be amongst us and that we can form such a bond with them. And it's, it, it, it's a hard thing to describe, the wonder of it, but it is truly wonderful. You, I want, often think to myself, what would it be if they lived as long as we lived? You're like you had one dog for 80 years. Can you imagine that? Or 90 years? I don't know whether it would be the same. Maybe it's that they live so short lives that we, we cherish them even more. I, I don't know. But it, it's an amazing relationship.